You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis. Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. And uh, sitting in for Tina this week, who's uh, right as we speak becoming an ant a second time over, is Mark Medina. <laughs> uh, just happy to be involved. I'm also an ant. I'm <laughs> Maybe one day. Mark, I-, I heard this is Mark's first podcast of the year. So first we're honored to have him. Yeah. yeah. Come on. First podcast. And, really? Uh, I mean, it's, if any podcast was to be my first podcast of the year, I'm glad that it's GameScoop. So okay, and it's, it's also your first podcast in a year, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's fitting as GameScoop is the only video game podcast. Uh, if you're right. watching uh, our show on uh, YouTube or on IGN, you probably noticed we've got some a little bit choppy video with myself and Sam. Sorry about that. Uh, but for everyone else who's listening at home, you will be none the wiser. Just as mm-hmm. you envision us in your head, envision us moving very smoothly. We still have we, a great show for you this week. We called up Mr. Discord and asked uh, uh, him to take care of this issue. We'll see yeah. how it goes throughout the episode. Excuse and me, Mr. Discord. Dr. Discord. <laughs> Dr. Discord. I'm sorry. You're right. Dr. Discord said he's going to be... He's going to be looking into it himself. Um, he's going to see to it personally. Uh, got a great show for you. We're going to talk about uh, what games we're playing, which will include a lot of Hitman 3 for myself. We're going to talk about what games we're not playing because we are in a pretty uh, dry time of year. A lot of games being delayed out of Q1 2021. But first, uh, we finally got our look at Resident Evil Village gameplay just just uh, what about an hour ago now. Um, mm-hmm. So we got to talk about that, and we know, we now know when we're going to get to play that game. Resident Evil Village, which is Resident Evil Eight, uh, is out May seventh, and um, there's going to be a demo coming. Or the demo is out today on PlayStation on 5, PS Five. Right? Yeah, that's the thing yeah. that we're not yeah. playing right now is that we're not playing the PS Five demo, which I can't wait to play. Uh, it's like a yeah. whole. Yeah. 
it's like a cool escape uh, uh, mission with no combat, only blocking or no blocking. Sorry, no combat. And so you have to just kind of mm. like escape a scary dungeon. And boy, do the graphics look really good on next gen for that game. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're kind of doing a thing like the kitchen demo for RE7 where it's not part of the game uh, and you're not even playing as the main character from the proper evil or proper uh, village. Um, but it should give us a, a taste of what the game's going to like look and feel like. And you're playing according as... To, according to Twitter, every everybody is just, it's just like frozen right now on the PlayStation Store. So I don't think we're missing uh, out on anything <laughs> yet. <laughs> really? That's why is there that much of a run on it? Yeah, that's why our video is dropping. Everybody's trying to download it's the Resident a, Evil uh, Village demo. I mean, look, as you know, the internet is not just a big truck that you can dump things on. <laughs> it's a series <laughs> of tubes. Series of tubes. Um, there's a, a, a cool element to Resident Evil looking really good for next gen, and that like I always associate Resident Evil Four being like the cutting edge of graphics when it was coming to GameCube, and then hmm. Five, uh, same. It was ahead of 360 and head of PlayStation 3, and it was like they showed this kind of like sunlight-filled like a, sh- a shack town demo, and it was like Chris walking through it, and it was like just the most amazing... If you watch it today, it still looks really good, like great shadowing and light and stuff like that, and when they're showing kind of just the elements of the mansion in this, it looks so good. Just crazy yeah. cool detail mm-hmm. and lighting. But it, yeah, they, I can't... I- I'm just gonna say, it seems like you spent a lot of time in the castle, and I don't know if it should have been called Resident Evil Castle. Because you like you make your you make your way through the village to the castle is what they said. I would have been sold on it more. I love castles. Yeah, yeah. but then they couldn't do that really cool like logo V one 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 thing. You know, like I'm sure they could have mm-hmm. figured it out. They could have figured it out. And we've settled <laughs> on a village. We also have village now, huh? That's that just was, what we're at. Yeah, that's the only reason why it's called Resident Evil Village is just so they they can <laughs> work the Roman numerals into so it. They can put the eight in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I'm when I think of the game, done. I don't even think of. I, I, was, I was just to say, like, I don't even think of Resident Evil 8 anymore. I just think of Resident Evil Village now, which is awesome because that's the name of that game. What were you going to say, Justin? Uh, just visually, I, I actually really associate Resident Evil with like next gen and like uh, it's become kind of a graphical showcase in a way that like I didn't necessarily expect. And I'm, I'm, it's one of the games I, you know, I don't really like spooky games and Resident Evil may be too intense for me, but I'm really excited to see it as a showcase for next gen and that the deeper we get into next gen, you know, um, miles Morales look great. Like all the games look great already, but, um, but it, it is that thing where you can tell that two years from now, three years from now, we're going to look back on those launch games and be like, like no. they didn't look good at all. Like, so I'm excited to have us get deeper into it and have games just really be eye popping. So we wrote about this uh, today and one of the angles that our news writer took, which is, you know, from some of the stuff they say in this is that it has a lot of connections to Resident Evil 4. One of those is, is specifically that it's in castles and in a village, right? I mean, those those are elements of Resident Evil 4. Those, that's where it takes place. But another thing is they explicitly show the inventory, which is from Resident mm-hmm. Evil 4. And it's like that mm-hmm. same like kind of suitcase kind of like put the these together. And, and other uh, Resident Evils have those elements, but they compared it to that. So that got me extremely excited because I think RE4 is just the pinnacle of, of RE games and I can't wait to play it. Man, May. It's in May. It's like that's like yeah, I feel like next month. Well, mm-hmm. it's a little bit later than um later in the year than Resident Evils have been arriving. Two was in January. Uh the the remake, the three mm-hmm. remake was in March, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I'm I'm totally on board. I'll play this. I really like seven. But what I remember about seven are like 
the shocking like gore moments. I don't really, I don't remember much about the story and where it ended up. And I don't really remember much about the main character, but there, it seems like they're really trying to make a big deal about the main character, Ethan, something, yeah. not, not Ethan yeah. Hawk. I want to say yeah. but like everyone, everyone in, in the demo they showed today, everyone that he talked to was like, Oh, it's you. You ever anyone who's anyone knows who you are. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't even remember anything about that character that I played through that whole 40 hours with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Seven didn't grab me because it was it was well the mansion part I really liked, but it's, it does kind of devolve. But I the, it, it was too few enemies that were too o- overpowered in a fun way, like you'd have to have enough ammo, but like that wasn't the Resident Evil I like now. And I know people hate it when people say this, but uh, I love the action Resident Evils. And this one looks mm. so much more, again, like that four type where it's like, there's werewolves trying to jump all over you and kill you. There was a giant werewolf with a pack of smaller werewolves. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. But I'll, I'll do that. That sounds great. And vampires. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually like really sold on this. I love this like thing they're doing where their mainline series is the, the first person kind of like zoomed in. So you can kind of like, solve puzzles and do stuff like that. I, 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 I feel like it comes from PT. It's like PT was so good and mm. it was first person and it was like very high fidelity. And then it's like, then we got layers of fear and the resident evil seven. So I love this whole like first person kind of like immersive take. And then, and then they're making their remakes, you yeah. know, the more traditional third person. Uh, I love this like dual series they have going, but this game looks really, really good. I love seven because I love that the, the dad would just like crash through the walls and mm-hmm. you know completely divert what you were planning on doing. And and it seems like this is kind of the same thing. It seems like a uh, real tall vampire lady can kind of just come out of nowhere. Uh, no, I'm so the nemesis effect. Game. No, yep. nemesis. Yeah. No, yeah. no yeah. first person works so well for horror. It's such a smart, like it was a really bold choice. Like um, mm-hmm. a lot of the best decisions that seem inevitable in hindsight were uh, brave decisions to make at the time that they made made them. And um, it's so much more claustrophobic, you know, not being able to see what's uh, behind your character, only being able to see from in their eyes. Like it, it really, really works for horror. Mm-hmm. One thing they didn't even... always had that problem with perspective too, where it's like people didn't like the tank controls in the first games once they kind of aged out of those. And then, they didn't like the uh, the the stop and shoot uh, in Resident Evil Four, and then by the time it got to basically Gears of War controls in Resident Evil Five, like it didn't feel like Resident Evil anymore. So I think the first person uh, with more action elements could be a perfect balance. Although the two and three remakes, I think, are perfect. They're hard to play for people. Like I, if you just sit down with a controller, it's like you're wrestling with the controls more than you are. Uh, actually, you know, doing effective things like it's part of the, the horror has always been the bad controls in Resident Evil. I think that's not a good excuse. So I think first person solves a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing they didn't uh, did not announce today was the Resident Evil Four remake. No, they announced they, they talked about the Netflix show, but they didn't say anything. And then they also talked about a multiplayer game which comes with this for free, which looks you know okay. Uh, I wish it was more like the old arcade games, but um, well, uh, yeah. No Mark's right that um, they had this dual, you know, sort of alternating structure that now they're kind of they're kind of out. Like you know, Resident Evil Four isn't it, it's the first mm-hmm. of what I would consider like a modern Resident Evil. Like I don't know, I guess we we're still owed Code Veronica, but like they, they have zero and one. Oh, you're right, they do have zero. Um, so they have yeah. Code Veronica and zero to get through, but um, but we're running out of like sort of puzzly um, 
uh, Resident Evils to sort of bounce back between. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would die for a Resident Evil. The, uh, Code Veronica. Code Veronica is my favorite Resident Evil. So uh, to get a more modernized Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 remake of Code Veronica, I would love that. That'd be awesome. I yeah. don't think it's worth giving your life for. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. I, let's but not, if you did, I would play the game and remember you fondly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Thanks Mark. In remembrance of you. <laughs> Just shedding a tear. <laughs> Mark Medina gave it to him. He wanted this. He wanted this. <laughs> he wanted me to get all the Like two hours. They're like, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's boring. I don't know why he had to die. He could have just been here playing it. A seven? <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learn a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, let's share what we've been playing. I mentioned at the top, I'm playing a lot of Hitman 3 and enjoying it immensely. Sam, uh, you said you were going to try Hitman 3 on Switch. How did that work out? Can you believe it? It came out on Switch. And by that, I mean, you download like a 10 second file that sends you to a server. It's one of those streaming games. It's like fully streaming. And, uh, it, it, you know, ostensibly it's because the Switch can't do it, you know, like it needs external power to do it, but like, it doesn't look great even in this form when it's working but i'll get to that uh it's interesting playing these streaming games so for for this one like i don't have a hard ethernet connection to my um switch but i do have really good internet i was just telling you guys down here i had like 800 down uh, or 500 down 800 up but it was you know that should be pretty good i have a great new router 
it had so many issues, but they were always, most of them, it would say uh, the server is congested. So we're dropping your settings to low, mm-hmm. but I couldn't even really tell what was happening then. What was really bad is when it would just drop me or I would go to this thing where like the last button you pressed, it would just hit it infinitely. So if you're like, <laughs> if you're like walking <laughs> forward towards an edge and the game kind of like stops responding, it'll, you'll see like two frames per second and you just walk off the edge. <laughs> so very yeah. disruptive. Those, those technical issues are like unacceptable. Like if you're on a service yeah. like Stadia, They're that's selling like, the game. That, exactly. Like if it's if it's some service that again, like it's Stadia, it's a beta, it's whatever. You're like, you know, oh okay. Like I want to be the tip of the spear and on the cutting edge of this stuff. But when it's just a video game that's being sold and you can buy, like absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, yeah and I don't know. The, uh... It's probably the structure infrastructure of the cloud service and all this stuff, right? It's not Google. It's not Stadia. It's its own yeah. thing. Um. But yeah, they're not ready to do these games, I don't think. They seem like they just, as you say, should be betas. Yep. Well, especially for the Switch, the fact that there is no like regular way to hardwire it. You have to yeah. go find yeah. that adapter. So for the most part, and, and so I feel like so many people play Switch just in handheld. And mm-hmm. I, I tried uh, Control, uh, that demo where you could, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know. They make you play the free. demo to make sure that you can play it before you can buy it, which this did not yeah. do. And, and I was like, this is like fine. I like my thing is, is if I'm going to hardwire my switch, I have the adapter. And so I'm going to sit at my TV and hardwire my switch. It's like, why am I just not playing on, you know, this guy right here? Like it, to me, there's no point if, when you're going through all those steps to then just cloud game it. That doesn't. Yep. I, I yeah. Well, and I was trying right. to play in like the, the parts in the house that I would like to play uh, in that are like far from the router. It just it, that just wasn't happening. I had to like uncomfortably mm-hmm. sit near the router. Uh, but we can talk about the game now, which I really like. I, I I liked it enough that like all these technical difficulties made me just be like, this is the first Hitman I've ever played. And I was like, this is such a cool sandboxy game. It's just really neat. Love it. Wait, so did you jump over to another platform? No, I just kept playing the Switch and I will continue to. I might, I mean, I might get it on PC or something like that. Um, but uh, I was, about the sandboxy stuff, like I played the first level and pretty much wrap my head around it. It's like, okay, what you're doing is disguising yourself, killing people and putting stuffing them in lockers. Like that's the gameplay. They save, you save a lot too. Right. So you can do permutations. That's what I thought the gameplay was. So I was doing that and I beat the first level by doing this cool sequence of things where I trap people and then killed them. It was really great. Uh, get to the second level and I'm talking to Tina during all this. And she, I, I, by the end of it, I was like, are you sure I'm playing the right game? Cause she just kept on saying like, Oh yeah, I'm in the garden now sneaking around and hearing conversations. I was like, I haven't listened to a single conversation. I definitely haven't seen a garden. I was like, what's going on here? But then like, sure enough, when the splash screen comes up at the end and it shows like who you killed and what your route was and what your little achievements were, it's just so different. Mm. I don't know where it diverged. She was like, I think I'm just playing the main missions. I was like, that's what I thought I was doing. But no, Mm -hmm. it just diverted at some point, diverged at some point, and it was just, it got that different. And then you can go back and fill all of this grid in of the things that you missed. It's like very, very, you know, appealing to, you know, that kind of addictive loop. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into it any further, uh, Mark and Justin, have you either of you played Hitman 3? No, I I have it downloaded on my PS5. I was just going to wait till this weekend to play. I just got it yesterday. So uh, I I definitely want to play it, but I'm like Sam. I didn't play the first two. So I'm playing it purely on recommendation. Uh, I've been talking with coworkers Mitchell and, and Ronnie and they are like obsessed with it. So yeah. I was like, cool. And then we reviewed it super well. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll try it. But uh, I want to, I just haven't yet. 
The Hitman games aren't my thing. Um, I played, uh, the, and, and I maybe should give this a shot because every indication is that the Hitman, the remake that was just called Hitman, and then Hitman 2, and now Hitman 3, they keep getting better and better. But um, mm-hmm. I played Hitman, and um, you know everyone that's played these games knows this, but it's not an action game. It's a puzzle game. It's a puzzle mm-hmm. game where each level is an intricate clockwork machine where everyone's moving around in a clockwork way on a set routine, and then you have to disrupt that routine or figure out how, how mm-hmm. to kind of pick it apart and pluck it apart. Um, and um, that's just not that that's just not appealing to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I like Splinter Cell, like sort of stealthy hitman-y assassination games, but um, I'm not Did interested. Did you try in Dishonored? That. I thought that was a good balance between those type of things. I did like Dishonored a lot, and um, and yeah, Hitman just didn't click with me when I played it. When you describe yeah, it that I, way, I can see like that Majora's Mask element of it. I didn't even realize that there was that much regimented routine and stuff to people's behaviors. Yeah, it's, I get. Um, I do. I actually like puzzle games, like puzzle games that wear on their sleeve that they're a puzzle game and like thinking. But um, the Hitman style of puzzle of like there's always concentric circles of um, security that you have to get through. So it's like, okay, if I get the chef like costume, I can get past yeah. the first line of security. Then that, that mm-hmm. lets me knock out a guard that lets me get into the second line of security. And I, I just get too impatient. Like I get halfway through and then I just get impatient and can't bide my time and then fail and have to try it again. And then I turn mm-hmm. the game off and don't play it anymore. And then I talk about it on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. The, well, the only video I've seen, the first video I saw was was Mitchell Saltzman, and he's just like dressed up as like a dude, and there's like guards around, and he's dressed up as one of those guards, and he's just he's right in front of them, he's just peeling bananas and dropping it in front of them, and they're like and they slipping, die. and then they <laughs> they like get knocked down, they fall in the stupidest looking way, and then they're like, "Hey, was that you?" And then he just <laughs> throws a banana peel in front of him, and he's like, "You get back!" Ooh! And he just was like flipping all these dudes. That that is what sold me on the game. I was like, "Okay, I'm in." It's an even uh, as, goofier Metal Gear, which just seems impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there is some questionable AI. Although I am super enjoying myself, I'd forgotten that I played. I'd played a bit of the first Hitman. Uh, I was reminded it because the tutorial in in this game is the same as the first one. Yeah, I know. And I was that. like, "Oh yeah, I, I remember doing all this." Uh but I didn't I didn't uh play much of it and I didn't play any Hitman 2. So I'm coming into this very mm. fresh and this was it it clicked for me right away. Um so I I played through the the Dubai level first and then I played through the second one in England. Sam, how far did you get into it? It's so good. It looks Wait, which, awesome what, what the, the the second level. It, it's like oh, yeah, I yeah. don't even want to spoil it for people. I don't know if it's a spoiler if people are all talking about it, but it's like a completely non-traditional uh, uh, Hitman level, from what I understand, and it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, hmm. it's really, yeah. really. And it's just like setting alone is like a Sherlock Holmes setting, and it's like awesome. It's like a really, it's like an old castle, and you, you know, are exploring it and not doing the same old, uh, you know, invading a party to kill a rich person thing. Like that seems to be what all the other levels are. Yeah. And then that sort of like grid of challenges and objectives that Sam mentioned is a really smart way of avoiding um, like frustrated frustration. I remember playing like the first Hitman, you know, game like way, way back in the day in the, the early 2000s on, on PC. And they were still great, but they were very open ended and there wasn't any sort of like guidance. So you just had to like sort of fumble your way oh, through the levels and okay. figure out how to kill people. And then if you failed, that was it. So like now seeing 
see now you like can look at the challenge which is like kill this person uh with poison in this way mm -hmm. or in this room and so now you're sort of you have a sort of like a guideline that sort of funnels you through uh yeah. different ways of playing through the level which is great they do a very you smart thing where it's like it'll be like you know kill your target with a cannon and then you're like yeah what yeah what <laughs> there's a cannon yeah <laughs> yeah the one thing i would the say though is that well go ahead sam well, I, there, there's an element to Hitman as a cultural thing where like the movies just seemed like really bad. And uh, the original games were like kind of, I don't know, they're kind of marketed in this kind of like, you know, uh, really ultra violent, you know, ultra violence is cool. And, you know, this like kind of like callous, you know, heartless kind of series. And I think they tr they're trying to change that with story, although I'm just skipping the story because I watched a lot of it. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Um, but um, I did there seemed to be trying to, to emphasize like, you know, you're you were, you know, whatever the hitman was like manufactured and he can't help himself and doing all this horrible stuff. But like, really, you're doing that GTA thing or that you were just surprisingly murdering everybody. And I guess you can play it without doing that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're killing people in cold blood. And like, that's not really a thing I like to do in games or the thing I like about games. Um, but what makes up for it in this is just like a solid gameplay setting. You know, it just it, it feels really yeah. fun to play. So I wish we, it was uh, something else. Mark touched on something important earlier, which is uh, that the game's funny when it when it falls down and doesn't work. Um, That's and like, true. Yeah, the so, physics are really bad, and it's funny. Like, and and not every game can pull that off. Sometimes when the AI is bad, or like you know, physics are bad, like the game just feels bad. But like Hitman mm -hmm. is one of those games where it can actually work in the game's favor and be entertaining and ridiculous. Where like mm -hmm. so much of the fidelity of the world is so high and meticulous that it's just that much more ridiculous when part of it doesn't work. Or it's fair to you. When it breaks, you still have the upper hand, and it's not screwing you over. Unlike when your internet, uh, your server version of it walks you up a cliff. It's not like that. It's like people are too <laughs> stupid to realize you're murdering them in front of them, but that's fun to play with, right? You can also, see how much you can push that. Damon, do you remember that Hitman mm -hmm. 1 was a game? It was a service game. You know, it was a game as a service yes. as a season. You were buying a season, and then they were adding a level every, you know, whatever, every month or two. Yeah. And then, um, and now they've kind of like dialed that back a little bit, but like remnants of that remain where if you buy Hitman three, it's basically a launcher for this whole trilogy. And if you have Hitman one and two, Hitman one and two are in Hitman three. And then it's just a big menu of like, you know, crazy open world environments and you can launch into whatever one you want. Like that's so cool. And that's so yep. consumer friendly. And like, why doesn't every game work that way? Why isn't every mm -hmm. game where, you know, like you can just launch the previous version of that game in the new game. Like clearly it doesn't work for every game, but like where the systems are similar and like the graphics are similar, like you should be able to do that. I think. Call of duty is starting to do that kind of deal uh, where I play call of duty on PC. And if you play modern warfare, it's like there's Warzone and, and modern warfare's multiplayer and all, all that stuff. But if you launch uh, the new one cold war uh, black ops, cold war, uh, the Warzone tab is just there, mm -hmm. and so you can just go into it, and you're still pl you're playing Modern Warfare. It's Modern Warfare controls and all yeah. that stuff, but you you only need to have that, yeah. and uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I like. Is like the Call of Duty as a service, games as a service kind of deal, yep. mm -hmm. but not in the bad way. <laughs> the last thing about Hitman Three, I'll say is as fun as uh, the game is, as much as I'm enjoying it, uh, every possible way to kill your target in the game has been placed by the developers. 
And it's fun to think of a future Hitman game where the systems and the environments and uh, the activity of, uh, of all the, the characters are realistic enough that you could come up with ways to kill your target that the developers never even thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right now, it's like you can either pick up this bust, this knife, or this, you know, uh, poison. Yeah. And then you can yeah. like figure it out. But like, what if like all of the things on a table spread are like physically interactable and then you can you know do whatever you want with it? Yeah, like a randomizer. I like it. Rube Goldberg device. <laughs> Borba says we're describing Dungeons and Dragons. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there one day. Uh, let's <laughs> check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Nick in Fort Wayne, Indiana did. And he wants to know, where are all the January games? He says, what's up, Gamescoop? Longtime listener, occasional writer from Indiana. A quick inquiry for the Goose Camp. It seems like the past few years have always had a few mainline launches in January to kick off the new year. From Resident Evil to Kingdom Hearts, we've seen some awesome titles that keep us warm into spring when more traditional launch schedules begin to appear. This year, though, not only are we void of any major releases, but we have next-gen consoles. Imagine all of us gamers lucky enough to have snagged a new console with little to play or truly test the strength of next-gen. Aside from the medium and a few indie titles, there doesn't seem to be much on the way, and we're still several months from any kind of Far Cry 6 or Mass Effect remaster. I'm curious how the Omega Cops feel about gaming droughts throughout the year. I look forward to many more scoops from literally the only gaming podcast around. Love it. Um, yeah, Mass Effect Remaster. Can you imagine how perfect of a January game that would have been? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do normally get uh, you know a big you know a big January drop. I, I have a couple thoughts. One, he's right. Maybe the next gen console launches sort of disrupted production plans enough that like everyone either rushed it to be ready for launch or like you know is taking more time to sort of uh, you know make it next gen optimized. And then I also think that working from home. And COVID probably, like, if there were games that were targeting January, like, you can imagine the spreadsheet pushers being like, mm, let's just push this game to April, May, June instead. Yeah. When I think about, you remember the writer's strike all, you know, so long ago? And, yeah. uh, you know, we didn't really feel the effects from that until like two years later. And all of a sudden you're yeah. just like, whoa, where are all the movies? And yeah. it's like, those are movies that would have been written <laughs> yeah. during the writer's strike. Uh, I, I, I think. You know, I don't know anything about game development, but when I think about the games, <laughs> let me just go ahead and preface that. Uh, Listen to what? game developers talk more than anybody here. I know. That's for your series. When you, Devs react. When you, uh, when I look at games like Spider-Man and uh, I won't say Cyberpunk, but any games that have recently come out, you feel like they were close enough where they were kind of able to just like limp it across the finish line. Um and, and, you know, even games that I feel like that should have been super polished. Did anybody play Sackboy? I've been yeah. playing Sackboy. That game is buggy as all hell. Like, I'm actually <laughs> surprised at how buggy that game is. I love it a lot, though, and the music is great. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of those games were able to kind of limp across the finish line. I'm wondering if they're having trouble now, now that the the fall season's over, where it's like games that were farther off, like Spider-Man was almost done, and they were able to get it across, but games that mm-hmm. aren't almost done, we're going to start mm-hmm. seeing that COVID drought, where yeah. they were a year off, and now they're a year and a half off, or maybe even two years off. I mean, look at Halo. Halo got delayed a full year. You have to assume COVID had something to do with that. And you know what? Um, 
you know, Spider-Man is an exclusive, uh, and and the the cyberpunk and their sort of weird apology that came out, if it was this week or the other day, um, you know, look, they didn't have to launch the game, so um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. But I, the, like the one sort of reasonable point that I think that they made is like it, it, when we switch to work from home. Anyone can test the game on their PC, but they had a very limited, finite number of console dev kits. And I like, I just, I'd never thought about that. I'm like, damn, that's super true. Like, you can keep making, you know, animations and 3D graphics and environments and script and, and even figure out VO, but like, you are really constrained by testing those games on those console dev kits when, when mm-hmm. 500 or 1,000 people are dispersed to the wind and they're not all in an office mm-hmm. anymore. And so, um, like, that's yeah. Really for, true for multi-platform and multi-console game development, like that's got to just be a nightmare that they're trying to work their way through. And I, 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 I'm not forgiving uh, uh, CD Projekt, and I actually kind of think, I like Cyberpunk, but I think they keep digging the hole deeper for themselves. But um, mm-hmm. I, I did think that that point was like pretty, I was like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. I, I kind of experienced it today. I, I had to do something, and I, I turned my computer on, and it, it just was locking up on the like, you know, all Republic gamer screen, the the motherboard screen. And I unplugged it and I was like, what do I do if I can't get this to work right now? Like I have things to do today in the IGN office. I could use one of the other thousand computers or use, you know, just whatever, right? Where it's like, I'm at home, I have no access to anything else. And it's like, I have to assume that in game dev, it's, it's, a million times worse where they're like, I need this and I, I need it now. And there's nothing I can do about that. Yep. Like today. Right. I, I got to imagine it's stuff. Today. Capcom did confirm that resident evil village is coming to PS4 and Xbox one. So hopefully that fares better than cyberpunk wow. did. Yikes. Well, can you uh, imagine the pressure for it to fare? Like, I mean, I mean every, every developer was watching what was happening. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so like if there's this, there's going to be such a ramped up pressure to make sure your games work on last gen, or we're probably going to start seeing people cancel games for last gen, which seems like a, you know, a pretty good business move. If you're going to get your whole company completely run into the ground PR wise, like maybe that's not <laughs> worth putting those systems out, those games out in those old systems. I mean, I mean, that, that game's running yeah. on the RE engine and that, that engine is so good. Like <laughs> I, I have to assume it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a brand new, you know, brand new tech stack like Cyberpunk was, you know, but you also like you can't find a PS5 and Xbox Series X like there's probably these fence sitting games that were considering being next gen only that now are like the decisions Mm -hmm. probably been made to no, 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 we'll support last gen after all. Yeah, Um, yeah, the install base is just not nearly what it what it could be with huge amount of supply right now. Uh, Sam, Nick in Fort Wayne, Indiana has a PS. He would like you to quickly name all the Nintendo Virtual Boy games you can in 20 seconds. So you game? Yeah, okay. I've got a timer up. I've got a timer up. Ready and go. Okay. Wario Land, Mario Clash, Mario's Tennis, Nestor's Funky Bowling, Tellero Boxer, Radar Scope. No, that's not. That's an arcade game. What's it called? Oh, man, I'm screwing up already. Um... Let's do Jack Brothers. Um, and that is time. I think you got about, I got, I think you got seven or eight in there. 3D Tetris, <laughs> pinball, whatever. What's Alex the radar whatever. game? Pencils down. Uh, it yeah. was called, um, ah, why, I, should, I keep on calling it radar. I, my mind is going to radar scope, radar scope. Radar scope, first of all, is the Donkey Kong cabinet before it was Donkey Kong. That's, that yeah. is a Nintendo game. But they have a game called 
infrared. What's it called? But it's a red alarm. That's what it's called. Red uh, alarm. It's, yeah, it's like a it's a um, it's a Star Fox like game. It's like a it's like a isometric almost uh, space shooter, but with um, unfilled in polygons. Cool. Yeah, everything in that game is wireframe, and it's really hard to tell where you're going because you don't what? know what is solid and what isn't. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> why does Mark know? Why does Mark know about that game? Did you have a virtual boy? I, the virtual boy's great, man. I. I I, I don't know if I would have been able to do as great as Sam did, but like I know Nestor's Funky Bowling. I know the Waterworld game. Uh, everything I, that's game why I really great. regretted not saying yeah. immediately it was Waterworld. I didn't get Waterworld yeah. in, which I love. Circle the boats. Mm-hmm. Did you guys Waterworld. see? Did you guys see Puzzle Quest Three was announced today? What? <laughs> hold on, hold on, Wait. hold on. I'm going to bring you crashing down. It's a free to play mobile game. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, but there was a Puzzle Quest Magic the Gathering that was free to play on mobile that wasn't too gross. Oh, weird. Yeah, I know. They, there's, yeah. there's been several free to play Puzzle one. Quests. Like, there's Marvel. Yeah. Hmm. That's just not what, uh, yeah, that's just not what I was hoping for. Uh, I love the original Puzzle Quest. Uh, it's but, uh, like, game. I'm still, I'm still not, I'm not going to not play it. Like, I'm still going to play it. But now I'm just gonna angry play it. Just gonna. <laughs> just gonna. Was there a, was there like a collection or something recently? Why were we talking about Puzzle Quest last year? They, they re-released they, the first one last year, I think, on Switch. You know, last, just yeah. so Switch, really? Okay. I think it came to huh? Steam also. Yeah. Or it's already oh, on Steam. Anyway, uh, this is Chris in Lawrence, Kansas. Nice. He says a few a few Rock years ago, I ordered. A few years ago, I ordered. Uh, my roommate, a modern NFL roster update for Tech Mobile for NES. To oh, complete the order, I needed to send a compatible NES cart for conversion. So I headed down to a great local vintage game store, Game Nut, to find the ch- to <laughs> find the cheapest cart times? to find the cheapest cart that would work. I walked away with a copy of Shadowgate, which I sent <laughs> off for conversion Rude. without a second thought. Fast forward to present day, and Damon mentions. <laughs> Shadowgate all the time and how much he loves this game, which I sent off to be unceremoniously destroyed <laughs> without ever having played it. This got me wondering, yeah. what are the Omega Cops' biggest gaming regrets? Hmm. Mm. For mine, I was going to say in like the mid-90s when I was in high school, I started just selling all my uh, NES cartridges to like oh, yeah. um, Electronics Boutique. But I was just getting like dollars for them, and like yeah. now, when I'm looking back now, it's like so, it, like it's so not worth it. Like what I, I got was getting like three or four dollars for Mega Man Six, and like I would much rather still have that today. Ugh. Yeah, I think everyone has kind of when I when I moved to the you know San Francisco for for IGN, I, I had a pretty extensive like retro collection that I just completely just sold off because I was like, there's nowhere. There's nowhere to store this in, you know, the apartments up there. And it was kind of the same deal. I don't really think about it much, though. But, yeah. Suppress that. I do see old pictures sometimes. And I'm like, wow, man, that was a lot of that was a lot of stuff. And now I like I in my garage, I just have like a container of old controllers that are all just like wound up together. And that's just like a remnant from that. that I eventually will probably just throw away because I'm like, these are. No one's going to take those. No one. Yeah. No one cares about these. They're all tangled beyond belief. They need to just go. Hmm. They can be untangled. (sighs) Every, every single, I wish I'd kept every box for every game. 
It just like when I was a kid, yeah, you know, you yeah. don't know. I did keep some and then eventually I uh, got rid of them the same way that Damon was just talking about when secondhand game stores first came around. I've told the story, so I'll, I'll share a shortened version, but I wanted a Genesis and my dad drove me to uh, like a, a Phoenix based uh, game uh, reseller. This would have been like 1991, you know, and uh, they were like, okay, here you will take your NES and your games. And it was just like you said, it was like all these games that I love that, we're all sixty dollars or whatever. We're all like a you know a dollar or two dollars. You know, finally got it up to the Genesis price, which was like one hundred and thirty bucks. Mm. You know, so it was like this entire, you know, every Christmas and and you know, yeah. birthday game, like in a big pile for our Genesis. But I, I I actually ended up liking that trade at the time. Uh, but I remember really specifically the weird thing. Well, two things. One, my dad was like is this really like how much these games are worth now? Which I thought was funny because that's what dads and moms have been saying for, you know, 30 years now. Mm. And, um, and then the other thing was that they took final fantasy and they're like, this one's 12 bucks. And my dad was like, why is this one 12 bucks? I'm like, cause it's amazing. And it's so long and you can play forever. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have had my original final fantasy save on it. So that's a separate uh, regret, you know, with my named characters. And when I tried to play through as all white mages and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I never had to sell off my game collection. Um, I moved. I did. You know, I went through that experience of moving to San Francisco, and there's we just had no space. But mm. instead, I just stored. Them. I just hid them away, like everywhere. I had all my consoles and several big bins of stuff. And my wife's always complaining about there being video games everywhere. And then I say, you know who you married. Um, <laughs> And and I managed and I managed to hold on to them, and I thought about getting rid of them for years and years and years. I'm like, this stuff's a nightmare. There's just NES carts everywhere, and like I can't even hook it up to a TV. And now I moved, and now I'm in a bigger space, and now this story has such a happy ending because all that stuff's right there. It's <laughs> yeah. all in that closet, and like I still don't pl- I don't play any of those games. I don't get them out, yeah. but the pleasure and happiness that I derive from knowing that my NES and SNES and Dreamcast and Sega CD and all that stuff yeah. is in that closet. And I would say I w- we moved into this house three months ago and I would say probably every other week I just go in there and just stand there. Just <laughs> yeah. It's all the, all the Wii games stacked up. It's just mm-hmm. such a, it's such a good feeling. Wii games age really nice. They look, when I ever look at them I'm like, Oh man, these look really cool. Like they, they did a good job with the packaging. Yeah. Games. Xbox yeah. oh, yeah, 360 they're... looks ridiculous. Yep, they're horrible. They're obnoxious. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about the game boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like it's funny think... seeing all those neon green game boxes on the on mm-hmm. their side. Because I don't think Wii graphics have aged very nicely. Eh. Uh, oh, this is this is Josh. He says long time, first time. Can you explain the whole first, second, third party developer and what a publisher versus developer does? Basically, just a breakdown of how games were developed and released. Thanks for the great podcast. Damon, I think you should just take this one solo. Okay. So, uh, first of all, make sure you know what, what like a platform holder is. The platforms would be Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, so Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. So, a first-party game would be something that's made uh, by the platform holder or by a studio the platform holder holds. So, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Galaxy on PlayStation to be Last of Us Part Two, Made by Dotty Dog, a studio owned by Sony. They're made. They're made to be exclusively, uh, you know, exclusives for their own platform. On uh, Xbox, it would be Halo. Third party yeah. would be an independent uh, developer or publisher that just makes their own game and then distributes it themselves, usually to uh, every platform, to whatever as many as they can that can run it. So, uh, <clears throat> your your Ubisofts, your Electronic Arts, uh, your Konami's, well, not Konami, Sega, uh, Capcom, those guys. And then the second party is much more rare. That's when a platform holder 
pays a, a third party to make a game specifically for their platform. Mm-hmm. An example would be um, Nintendo and Platinum Games with Bayonetta 2 on Wii U and mm-hmm. the forthcoming Bayonetta 3 for Switch. Or like how uh, Sony just paid mm-hmm. Blue Point to make Shadow of the Colossus. Is that what that company is called? Yeah. The, the remake. And yeah. Demon Souls. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. and uh, it would be it'd be insomniac for like Spider-Man, right? They were second party because it's a, it's a, you know, not anymore. Now they're owned by them. Yep. Um, I don't know. That happens a lot. I don't know what house Mark is like. They only make games for PlayStation, but I don't know if Sony pays for those or not. Sony bought them. Didn't they don't, is it house Mark or Sony studio or maybe they are a second party studio. I think they're second party. Yeah. They're definitely not owned. Man. I love house Mark. Returnal is going to be so good. Better question. What about uh, there's first person and third person games, but very few yeah. second second person games. <laughs> How would that work? You it's walk a, down the street. Wait, the, is it, but is that is that what a real enemy, strategy game is? No, second party is from the enemy's perspective, like the boss in Battletoads. <laughs> at the end of the first level of Battletoads, oh, you're throwing okay. the boulders at the bosses, and then it goes and cracks it. You know, it crashes the screen. Oh yeah. Pretty good. Um, we don't use second party that often. That's that's kind of like a, a term that like you know it's just it's just a little bit nitpicky. Mm-hmm. It's also much more rare of a case. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of rare, more, yeah, yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, one more email this week. This is Alex from Whereabouts Unknown. Hmm. Says, how did the Omega Cops approach DLC when playing a game from their backlog? As I work my way through my ever-growing list, I have difficult deciding, deciding whether or not to indulge in the extra content. On one hand, it's more content of a game I'm presumably enjoying, but on the other, it's preventing me from moving on to something new. Recent examples I found myself in is uh, DLC for Watch Dogs 2 or the content including any Dragon Quest DS titles. Kind of a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Any perspective you can provide would be appreciated. Love the professionalism your show provides. It's an underrated part of the show and why I consistently choose it as my video game news show. Oh, nobody's also, ever used the P word for us before. Hold on. Did you say R- Dragon Quest DS games had DLC? Yeah, or he, he said the content included in the Dragon Quest DS game. Mm-hmm. So maybe just okay. from the main menu, there's other extra content you could select. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. Well, Alex, in witness protection, I can tell you that I am yeah. terrible with DLC. Really, really bad. Uh, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I never beat Frozen Wilds. I got like halfway through it. Uh, I love Spider-Man. Never played any of the DLCs. Uh, I don't know. There's something about it. There's something about um, once I've completed a game, sometimes I get the urge to replay the game, but that never translates to the DLC. I never want to go back and and just play the DLC. I've played through Horizon Zero Dawn like three times, but never finished frozen wilds i don't know there's something about it that i just i don't well i mean by I its I, I just don't really ever feel the urge to to play the by DLC. its very nature it has to be a side dish right like mm-hmm. so you know it's sort of like you the meal is over when you beat the game and then it's like ha, but black cat is back with more weird tricks for spider-man it's like what like no like <laughs> the, the story's over it's done yeah yeah, I always have that problem. We we started doing this, uh, and I, I love that we do it, where we kind of like, hey, this game got a DLC. Here's how to access it. Yeah. Because that's that's it's always so the thing. Is like you, you beat Control, and then uh, you know a year later, Control DLC comes out, and you're like, okay, so do I need a completed save? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, or or is it just from the main menu, and I can just go straight into it? Uh, another one is like Last of Us. I never played the the yeah. Last of Us DLC. 
but I play last. But what about when you go? This guy's asking about when you go back and play the game. So you said for Horizon, you yeah. you you wouldn't go back and play the DLC. Was there like extra weapons and stuff in Horizon that you like take advantage of now that they're in there? Because that's what I do sometimes. It's like if there was like things. Sometimes they break games later on. They're like, oh, here's all this like well, mm-hmm. Zelda's like that, right? When I went back to play Breath of the Wild uh, on hard mode, it was like, well, the DLC put in like Majora's Mask, so you could just sneak around really easily. Like that was really cool to revisit that with DLC. Yeah. DLC is usually um, if it's iterating and improving on like if it started production as the main game was wrapping up and it learns from the lessons of the main game and the mistakes. Ooh, like of Final the main Fantasy, game. The, the big example of that. 15 final fantasy 15 the dlcs that's exactly what i was thinking of they're really yeah. good well one of them's really bad yeah. but like overall they're really good and like and uh witcher 3 blood and wine is you know really oh, yeah. really good but yeah. so it's either it's either usually like just such an improvement and a refinement of like a culmination of everything they learned making the game or it's just tossed in garbage and you, you know yeah. you, you don't really know which it's going to be ahead of time yeah what I recommend yeah, I doing think- is reading reviews of this stuff. Like when you go back and you're about to play an old game, like sometimes you'll read like this DLC gets got like a nine, you know, and, and that might even be a higher score in the game itself. So just be just just prepare yourself with that. We review all DLC that's like that, you know. Yeah. For myself, I don't I just don't usually get to any DLC just because I'm always like trying to keep up with the latest games that are coming out and uh I don't. I don't have a big backlog. I just like I'm, I'm playing a game, and then if something new comes out, I, I usually want to like check that out, and I'm I'm happy to just move on to that. And uh, you know, I've I've gotten hours of entertainment out out of the last game. I don't necessarily need to go back to it and finish it all the time. We uh, my my backlog has gotten so big that it's just circled back around to like not even being a backlog anymore. It's like well, there's just a hundred video games that I haven't played, so. I'm kind of the same thing. I I, I was listening to another podcast or I read something uh, where it was like the term backlog can be this like toxic thing that makes you feel like you have to go back and like play these games. And, and, but it's weird because Ah. you didn't play it for a reason. So why is it this thing that you're going to let linger in your brain that you feel like you have to go back and, and play like I, I played uh, the Ubisoft, the Phoenix Immortals Rising. I played it for like, and I guess this is what Damon's saying is I played it for like three hours. I thought it was cool, and then I stopped playing it. And so in my brain, I'm like, I need to go back and finish that. And I'm, nah. but yeah. I would rather play playing Call of Duty or whatever. I'm I'm clearly not playing it for a reason. Why force myself to sit down and play it? So then the the, the term backlog, I just don't even use it anymore because I I don't consider that I have a backlog. I just have yeah. games I want to play. You own your games. They don't own you. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Justin, I think, I, I think I'm done with Monster Train for now. I unlocked everything, or like yeah. all, the, all the cards, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and the way it works is after you beat it once, you, you unlock a, 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 a new difficulty like level yeah. layer. Uh, there are modifiers that make it more difficult. And there's like 25 levels of difficulty <laughs> modifiers. Yeah. But I've I've beaten it three times, so I'm on like technically the third, you know, difficulty modifier. But I've unlocked everything, yeah. so I don't really have a lot of motivation to keep like you know. I, I mean, I only win one game out of ten or fifteen, so it's like mm. I don't really have the motivation to keep like throwing myself against that wall when there's nothing else to unlock anymore. So mm. might be done with Monster Train for now. I think um, I think Monster Train is excellent. I loved it. Um, uh, the only problem with it is that Slay the Spire is one of the greatest video games to come out over like the last 10 years. And so when you stack Monster Train, which is like only a 9 out of 10 up against Slay the Spire, it's like, well, 
you know, I would rather like Slay the Spire is still better. Um, so, you know, it's it's a little bit of a tough spot for them to be in. Yeah. But speaking of Monster DLC, has I, music, Monster Train has good music, yeah. And speaking of DLC, if they added another, another class to it, you know, with like more cards to unlock, I will totally come back to Monster Train and, and play some I, more of that. I don't, I don't think there's quite enough like class flexibility. Like in Slay the Spire, you can get crazy builds that just do insane stuff. And in, in Monster Train, um, you know, every time you play as like the plant class, like mm-hmm. it's, it's steering you down like the same basic path of deck building. That brings yep. us to Video Game 20 Questions. And we're going to just try something a little bit different this week. This week, our oh, suggestion comes from Todd. And he says, mm-hmm. I thought it might be fun to challenge you with a Boss Rush 20 Questions Nintendo Edition. So each game, there are five games here. Each game was developed or published by Nintendo. So you're going to have a lot of hints here. But there are going to mm-hmm. be five games in 20 Questions. Each game is developed or published by Nintendo to make things more fair when you figure out the first game. The last letter of the first game is the first letter of the second game. So, for example, <laughs> if the first game were Metroid Prime, the second game might be Excite Bike. Yeah. And your well, final big hint is that this is all provided by Todd, and mm-hmm. you could think you could decide for yourselves whether or not Todd would have included Metroid Prime and, and Excite Bike as his actual answers, or maybe you can discount those. It could also be. Yes, Metroid we're aware Prime. of the psychological games that Damon plays. <laughs> now, this is a great puzzle. I really appreciate it. So here's what it's going to be: Metroid Prime, but then it's going to be Electroplankton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so shop. twenty questions. Twenty questions for five Nintendo-made or published games. Let and we start with the first one. Like you're only going to give us the answer to the first one first. We're yeah. not going to get like number five first. Okay. They're sequential. Yeah, because right. of the way they're laid out. Yeah. Does this take place okay. in the Mario universe? With Mario characters? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, is this an 8 or 16-bit game? Yes. Okay. Uh, Did this come out on the NES? No. All right. Super Nintendo Mario game. How many bits was the GBA? <laughs> no. um, yeah. Damon wouldn't do that to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this a mainline Mario game? Yes. Uh, okay, so, so it's either it's World or Yoshi's Island. Yeah, it's World or Yoshi's Island. Is we, yep. I, I don't know how. Go ahead. Do you play as a dinosaur? No, that's five. All right, so is yeah. this Super Mario World? It should be Super Mario World. Super Mario World, and yes, and and for this exercise, I won't count that as one of your questions. So Super oh, Mario nice. World. That, yeah. Okay, you so know that one. So then the, so the D, D, the Donkey what? Kong. Yeah, it's got to be a Donkey Kong game. Not got to be, but. Um, does this have characters that that are in part of the Mario universe? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't. I, well, that's a tough question. So, I don't. I don't. I, is this a? Is this a? Does, is this a Donkey Kong Country game? No. Donkey Kong Country. No, okay. it's not. Okay, so that yeah. eliminates five <laughs> games at least. Yeah. Um, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, just Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be looking this up so much if it was a Donkey Kong game. Yeah. Well, let's see. Nintendo games. I mean, Mario, Mario is from the very start been part of the Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was in Mario Odyssey. Who's that? What? Mario yeah, Odyssey? Pauline, yeah, and Pauline is in it. I mean, Pauline and Donkey Kong are the whole New York level. Oh, oh yeah. New Donk City. Yeah, you're right. New Donk. New Donk City. This is why it's not a Donkey Kong game. Okay, so what other Mario games start with D? 
Nintendo Damon, games. Damon's Sorry. still looking up whether this is part of the Mario universe. Okay, I can now answer that question if you do want to ask it. Uh, yes, let's ask it. Let's do it. Is this part of the Mario universe? No. Oh. This, it's uh, uh, not a Donkey Kong game. Let's see. The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing uh, my categories rules now. I'm too focused um, on the D thing. Like, I need to know. Does this more. have it? Yeah. Is this a 16 bit or 8 bit game? No. Okay. Um, shoot. Um, <laughs> this is somehow harder because, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Did this come out on? Um, we could ask about Switch if there's an iteration of this on Switch. Or if this is, a, this is a Fighters and Smash Brothers, is one I like. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay. Does this have Fighters and Smash Brothers? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, but like, I, so I'm trying to go, I'm, I'm so stuck on the D thing. It's a real mind trip. Every game that I can think of starts with Super. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, so there's Kirby or Super. Yeah, Kirby. There's, uh, Ice Climbers. Nope, I didn't start with a D. Metroid. None of the Zelda games start with a Z. D, well, as a D, excuse me. Uh, um, uh, Fire Emblem. That those. Fire, yeah, that's yeah. Not Fire none, Emblem. None of those start with a D. Do no, you? Oh well, it's not the Mario universe. Not the Mario universe. Wait, not in the Mario universe, but it's in Smash Bros. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah, it's not it's like one. super strange, but like, I, my problem is I can't even think of that many Smash Bros. characters. I'm not a Smash boy. F Zero doesn't start with a D. There's the War- uh, Animal Crossings and the yeah. Metro. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's try to get it like a type of game. Then um, is this a you know like like I still would like to know what system it's on too. Yeah, same. So we know it's not super or or regular Nintendo. Yeah. Did this come out on a on a, a optical disc? No. And that's ten. Handheld game. Handheld DLC or Switch. only. Doctor Kawashima's brain training. Oh. That starts with D. <laughs> I like that. Although, uh, yeah, I don't hate that as a guess. There's a brain training stage in Mario. In yeah. um, Smash, you're talking about brain um, brain age. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I just would always consider that I didn't know. It was, was this to, did this game come out on the Nintendo DS? Also, no. Oh, okay. we uh, we went for the stretch. And what about hey? What was that game that the Pokemon team made where you're drilling? It's not Mr. Driller, but. Um, it's on the GBA, and I can picture it in my mind. And you have a little drill, and that's how you're like attacking things. Drill Dozer, yeah, Drill Dozer. I don't think that character is in Smash Brothers. Yeah, I am. As a fighter. Well, it is a Nintendo game that starts yeah. with D. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what no. about? Uh, oh, never mind. I was like, what about Doctor Mario? But it's not in the Mario universe. That's a good one. And it's yeah, not it's on the DS, be- but it a- didn't. It didn't come out on an optical disc. Is this a Game Boy Advance game? Well, hold no. On. What, what, what? Okay. What is I it? Was gonna say, 
because there's 3DS also, and then there's just d- downloadable games. I think it's just a downloadable game, like Pushmo. What's the second Pushmo? Doesn't it have a different name? Crashmo. Pushmo. And then there's Box Boy and Box Girl. Is this a downloadable game? No. All right, so it's a 3DS game. Yeah. Uh, can I go? Can I go check the shelves in my closet? <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot of 3DS games in there. You kept those around for some. Well, I guess it could be a Nintendo. Wait, wait, hold on. Sorry, it could be a Nintendo 64 game. Uh, yeah. Does Doctor Mario take place in the Mario universe? Hundred percent. Yes. There's Doctor Doctor Mario 64. Um. Yeah. I don't know why we can't get to this. So it's in Smash Brothers. Like if it's an if it's, it's an N sixty if it's an N sixty four game and it's it could be second party, it could be rare, right? So you know, there's Perfect Dark, um, GoldenEye, Jet Force, Jet Force Gemini, Banjo, uh, Conquer. Uh, they they did um, they did Mickey's Speedway and Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing. Oh. That's what it is. Diddy Kong Racing. No, yes, yeah, it is Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> yes, it is Diddy Kong Racing. Ooh, okay, I was worried for you guys. So now he's the next there, one's a He's there with that B-roll. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I would have called this part of the Mario universe. So that's I, would also, this I would also call this part of the Mario There universe. are no Mario characters in it. But Diddy is... It, it's like the Donkey MCU. Kong is a Mario character. Yeah, it's, it's like the Donkey Kong Country... Donkey Separately. Kong is not Donkey Kong Country character. It's, you don't, not a you know, it's back. It's back unified now. Donkey I Kong agree. can play the original Donkey Kong in in Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that. And you don't Kong say Country. that. You don't say that. WandaVision anyway. is not part of the Iron Man universe. It's all connected. No. 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 So, no. All right. So now we're on the G. characters in Diddy Kong are Diddy Kong, Banjo, Conquer, Tip Top the Turtle, Crunch the Kremling. It's not yeah. the Mario. Universe. And you know what? You're wrong. You, you know who you, you're going out of your way to not mention is Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong's but Donkey Kong Country isn't part of the Mario. Mar- 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 all right. We would have got that six questions earlier. I'll finish, the, I'll finish the show, but this one's going up. I'm sending this one to the commission. It's <laughs> is, been a this while. Game, is this game part of the Donkey Kong or Mario universe? The, the next game? Yeah. The G game. No. G game. Yeah. The G game uh, is not is, part of the Donkey is, Kong is, or Mario universe. Gradius, a Nintendo game? No. no, it's Konami. Konami. Oh, okay. Okay, let's see. G. We haven't listed any G games, even out of all like the more obscure Nintendo yeah. franchises we are running through. That's yeah. a weird one. Um. Okay, is this a 16-bit or 8-bit game? I think so. That's 15. Okay. I think it would count as one of those. Huh. Could be a Game Boy Sounds- game. Yeah, Game and Watch. What about Game and Watch? Oh, that seems pretty good. But what would be? But they all have their own names. Balls. Yeah, yeah, balls. Yeah, Donkey Kong on Game and Watch. The Mario and Luigi. But maybe people call Game and Watch Ball. That'd be funny. Does this have a character in Smash Brothers? I don't think so. Hmm. Then it's not Game and Watch. Not Game and Watch. Yeah. Borb was trying to tell me it's confirmed that this is not 8 or 16-bit, but I kind of think people would think of it that way. Huh. Maybe it was an arcade game. Was there a Nintendo arcade game? 
Yeah. Maybe four of us lying to us. There's Donkey Kong 1, 2, and 3. There's arm wrestling. There's punch out. But do any of them start with G? Trying to go through them. There's Killer Instinct. That's almost a G. I don't think any. I don't think any. Killer Instinct. I don't think any games start with G. I'm calling it now. Dude, Giller Instinct is up there with James Pond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is there a? Uh, there could be a lot of Game Boy games with game in the, their name. That's what I was know. trying to think of. Was like Game Boy, like the Game Boy may have been eight eight bit technically, mm-hmm. but um, I can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did this appear in one of the Game Boy systems? Yes. Okay. I bet it's yeah. So it's not going to be probably Game Boy because that's too simple. I'm thinking it's just a Game Boy Advance game. So what about like uh, Gadvance Wars? <laughs> Gadvance Wars, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. What is it? Gaffi- we... Geyer Emblem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what Nintendo was up to on the GBA. So they did all the Mario Advance games, and they did Advance Wars, and they did some Fire Emblems, and they did Pokemon. As, as, you got you know, your Mario versus Donkey Kongs. You got your four swordsy things. Yeah. So you got um, that Pac-Man versus. That was a. Uh, Oh yeah, well yeah, on GameCube. Um, <sighs> hmm. Was this well received? Yes. You have you have two questions yeah. left. Oh really? Yikes! What's this the game? Guy- is a, this game is a good example of a topic we were discussing earlier this show. Something with DLC. Talking about but which, Hitman. Which <laughs> topic? Which topic specifically? <laughs> DLC. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> I mean, um, there's Boktai and then there's Golden Sun. Oh, is that what it's called? Gold, it's, oh. there, it's Golden Sun. I thought that was just, that's not second party, is it? I thought that was just made by. Um, it must oh, be. maybe, I maybe it's it a second, second party game. It, maybe it is second party because it was made by, what do you call it? Um, I always confuse it with Boktai, which was Konami. Yeah. Um, is this Golden Sun? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, two questions left for two more games. Okay, so, but starting with N, could be Nintendo Land. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I bet the la- I bet it's Nintendo Land, and then the last one's Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. Wow. Back to, Donkey, back to Donkey Kong. Yeah. Back or to what, Donkey. Was the game, what was his exi- <laughs> Excite Biker Metroid Prime? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's out. <laughs> Um, so there's not that many Nintendo games that start with Nintendo Land. There's NES Remix, mm-hmm. and yeah. then there's and then should there's we also ask Nintendo in the title? Well, I think we should just take a chance. It's either it's either NES Remix or it's Nintendo Land. No, there's they, they could have a bunch of games within. No, they could have new everything was new. They had new chests and stuff. I was willing to die on the hill that there was zero games that started with G. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. I th- I think that let's Nintendo at least get this it. one by asking the Nintendo question and then okay. winging it from there because we're not going to get the last one. It doesn't even matter. All right, we're going to get four or, or three. Does this have All Nintendo? Right. Does it have Nintendo in the title? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it Nintendo so, Land? No. <laughs> no <laughs> it could be Nintendo Remix. It NES Remix. Or... Yeah, NES Remix. Yeah, could be. Would you I believe mean, it's still have another? We still have another guest though, right? Because we have another question. No, that's it. Yeah, okay. that's it. We're at the end. It's out of our misery. It was, it was Nintendogs. Uh, <laughs> plus cats. The final game being Splatoon. Oh, Nintendogs led into Splatoon. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think we could do that challenge. That's I tough, think we, 
we would want to do that with um, more questions probably or maybe the challenge is three games or something but yeah i don't i don't know if it'd be possible to get five you still got the majority yeah yeah that's good we got 60 percent. that's passing yep um golden sun is a mean one too yeah that was a mean one not nearly as mean as telling people that donkey kong doesn't exist just gaslighting (laughs) us on donkey kong unbelievable (laughs) you would still have seven questions yep no, Conquer. we just list off the characters in this game. Conquer. Then we would have <laughs> King K. Rule. Apparently, Donkey Kong is not one of the characters in Diddy Kong Racing. So I, I stand by. Thirty times. Nobody well, knows. I will admit that Donkey Kong Junior. is not Diddy Kong. That's true. No, no, no exactly. we don't. We don't know who Diddy Kong's parents are. Donkey Kong has a brother that's never been. There's just a big gap in the Kong family tree. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah, Donkey Kong, Kong is clearly a, a different sort of ape. He, he's a monkey, right? Not an ape. The whole thing. The, the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing stinks. I don't. There's something. <laughs> stinks <laughs> like a monkey cage. <laughs> um. Hey, I have yeah, a new okay. twenty questions question. Can you remind us of this one next week, Damon? I'll would try. this game? Would this game smell bad? Mm. <laughs> That's so Donkey be very Kong. Useful. Like absolutely. Absolutely, the game would smell that. What are yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Skyrim. Absolutely, those towns are just filled with manure. Every house is made out of pig shit. In in my brain, I was like, like the game cartridge, probably not, but But, I see where you're. I'm having flour would smell nice. Flour and like a few games, like most games would smell bad. I think Wind Waker (laughs) would smell nice. Castlevania, that would smell bad. Those zombies are everywhere. Stink, stink. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like anybody's cleaning Dracula's castle, you know? No. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he could be putting those ghouls to work cleaning his castle, but instead they're just running around slashing people. How much of a pain is it where, like, Dracula... So it's like, you know, we go through this whole castle, you know, slashing up mermen. It's like Dracula has to live there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, well, it's like... Technically not, technically. though, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he wakes up in the middle of the night. I have to go die here! <laughs> Uh, he's got to go through the, the secret staircase and fight his way through the merman <laughs> and then like there's the heads everywhere he is a uh portrayed as having a some sort of obsessive compulsion compulsion disorder right dracula always right and so uh, that must be tough if there's nobody helping clean that big old castle i mean the curtains are yeah. clearly dirty they're all shredded when a vampire drinks Plus there's meat your- everywhere just meat that's true just yeah just Raw meat. Well, when a vampire drinks your blood, Cut when a vampire you. drinks your blood, does it go down their esophagus into their stomach? Yeah. And then does it go through like an intestinal system? What's happening to yeah. that blood? Or does it go straight into veins? Like throat. These are all the, the questions yeah. I keep. Because in what we do in the shadows, if anything goes in their stomach, they yeah. vomit it. That's true. Yeah, that's vampires. True. Vampires definitely don't poop. Well, yeah. And I think they're keeping all the blood in their body so i don't think they're like urinating that out i think there's yeah, something I mean, they just going the, it out. the blood becomes their power yeah absor- mm-hmm. you know it's 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 magical i'm mm-hmm. still interested in knowing the actual route that the blood goes as it enters their fangs where does it go from there i don't this think it reminds it, me of uh justin justin's famous twitter question which went downhill quickly which was where do we lose our weight when we lose weight and, oh. and I, th- I think justin had to say stop saying poop it's not poop. <laughs> It's your breath. You if exhale you, it. Yeah. If someone loses 50 pounds, where did it go? 
How? Where, where did it go? Out there now. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the actual scientific answer is you've exhaled it and breathed it yeah. out. Yeah, so, so so vampires I, I might not you. even exhale. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit skinnier than I used to be, and yeah. uh, the days following uh, my surgery, I was losing for for two weeks straight. I was losing three pounds a day, and I, I have no <laughs> idea where I, I would were just. You, were you cold? Uh, I, I was in so much pain. I don't remember being cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where you lose it, right? I mean, you lose it through the, the you know, the, the coldness but of it your was body just weird. and shaking. Like, and I mean, you're not really eating. It's warm. like you're eating like, you know, like shots of, uh, you know, whatever. Morphine? Right? And stuff. Yeah, morphine. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just like weird. I'm like, how did, how do, how does a person lose? I literally lost like 25 pounds in, in like a week and a half. I am. No idea how that happens, like, yeah, realistically, but it did. That metabolic process, man. <laughs> the thing we got to figure out, Mark, is that a doctor can tell you how that happened, but they can't tell you how vampires work. <laughs> I forgot to ask when I was, you know, when I was in the. I mean, you can ask, ask your doctor. I have a second follow up to my question, doctor. <laughs> One more. What if I? What if I were a vampire? Explain vampires to me. <laughs> I want to now. I want to do an IGN show where we ask real professionals questions about fictional stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's know? good. How is this possible? Mm-hmm. It, okay. and, then we, and, then we, and then we just ask George R. R. Martin about them after that. <laughs> it is all right. That's enough nonsense for one episode. Just, uh, thank just thank enough. you to the for the video game suggestion, Todd. If, uh, our listeners and viewers <laughs> have their own. <laughs> suggestions for video game 20 questions you can email them to me at gamescoop at ign.com that's all the scoops we have for you this week thank you to Wait, justin can, thank you sam can todd What's at up? me twice you can i at you three times three times oh jeez. Yeah. yeah no just yeah. twice we got three games yeah three oh i see what you're saying yeah i got the ratio wrong yes todd feel free to at sam twice mark uh, thank you for uh stepping in at the last minute with us today always a pleasure yeah, thanks for having uh, my name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.